Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And the bad guy was actually disguised as a very topical reference of pop culture. And if you didn't want yes. to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is. And this week we're taking a break from looking at upcoming movies and we're going back and we're looking at a movie that we've covered in the past. That's right. We're not solving mysteries today. No. No, we're creating more mysteries and asking more questions by exploring what actually happened in the plot of Scoob. Now, before we get into the episode itself, if you haven't seen Scoob yet and you really, really want to, I'd recommend watching that first. And if you haven't listened to our original episode where we predicted what would happen in Scoob, you're probably going to be lost because a lot of the things we talk about today will be related to that original episode and what we said in that original episode. So, I'd strongly recommend going back and listening to that as well. And it's a great episode too, mm. if I do say so myself. It's a fun episode, yeah. Yeah, we talk about our histories with Scooby-Doo and what we think of this new upcoming movie and all sorts of stuff. So... I think you'll be missing out if you haven't heard that episode or if you haven't heard it recently. So go back and listen to that before progressing any further with this one. Or if you don't care, just whatever. <laughs> if you just want to hear us talk about a movie you haven't seen and an episode, a podcast episode you haven't listened to, go right ahead. Now let's get into talking about Scoob. Matty D, how much do you think Scoob made in the worldwide box office? I think Scoob made... Keep in mind, it was in the middle of COVID as yes. well. $45 million. Ooh, where did you come up with that figure? I, I used the Charlie's Angels. Uh, <laughs> well, Charlie's Angels made well, seventy million, that made and 70 that wasn't million. in COVID. Yeah, but that—that's—that's that's my guess. Forty-five mil. Forty-five million in yeah. the in the box office itself. Yes. So we're not counting on-demand sales here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Well, that actually wasn't a bad guess because oh, no? Scoob made $27.1 million in the box office. So, actually a lot less than you predicted. Wow. Well, I was and giving you, it some credit. You're going to ask what the budget for the movie was? They've never actually said. <laughs> and if they don't say, the reason is because they're embarrassed. They're just like, oh shit, we didn't make our money back. But, according to sources... Its video-on-demand sales are said to be in excess of $100 million. Well, there you go. Well, that makes sense because you couldn't watch this movie in cinemas, so... Yeah. Yeah. And the on-demand price was a rip-off. So, I, I paid for it on the day that it came out. you telling me, my God. So, I paid $30 to watch this movie wow. on the day that it came out. And then, literally the next week, because of COVID, they actually dropped the on-demand price down to 15 bucks, And I was like, shit, why did I have to pay double Did you price? actually buy it or did you rent it? I rented it for, for $30. $30? That's right. So what I, the fuck? So I had a 48-hour window to watch Scoob, and that 48-hour window cost like $15 a day, more or less. So wow. How Jeez. much did you pay to rent it? A lot less. Okay. A I lot just less. Feel, I feel really bad now. And the second time I watched it, I didn't pay for it, so I feel a lot better. So I made up for it. I actually got to stream it for free this oh, time. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's oh, right. damn. I wish I did that. You had to pay to rent it as well? Yeah, I've paid to rent it twice. One okay. for the special episode that we did where we covered. By the way, we have spoken about Scoop before on our- um, Yeah, in not great detail though. Best of best of 2021 episode. If you go back in the catalogs, you'll be best able to find that Best of 2020. Sorry, you. 2020. That's right. Yeah. Uh, if you go back in the catalogs, you'll be able to find that episode, which was a good episode as well. But yep. I don't want you to insinuate that Scoob was one of the best of 2020. It was the best and worst of 2020. Did Scoob fall into either of those categories? I suppose go back and listen to that episode to find out. But I guess we'll discuss it today as well. So I'm so pleased that you rewatched this movie because that was going to be my next question. Yes. So in what circumstances did you watch the movie a second time? Because I know the first time you watched it, you were a little bit blazed, as you like to say. <laughs> you were a little bit uh, under the influence of uh, illicit substances. Yes, yes, I was. Which I think may have affected your your like viewing experience. I think it did, Kieran, because when I sat down to watch Scoob, it was when I was watching all these other movies for yep. our, you know, all the movies of 2020 episode. Yep. I told my housemates all the movies I was going to watch for that episode, and they were actually like, oh, let's watch Scoob, and let's watch Scoob with a little extra help. So I, I, think, I kind of think you need it, but I watched it both times completely sober. So Let me just say the stuff I was uh, enjoying. enjoying was very strong, stronger than I, what I thought it was, and I went on an emotional journey with that movie. I was laughing. I was crying. I, was, I cried in this movie. Really? I was like lost in the whole thing. I was like, this is not too bad. I'm actually enjoying this. See, and this is why you need to watch it sober, because you need to watch it from a normal person's perspective. And, the uh, whole reason I was pushing for this is because I was thinking about a time when I was dating a girl and we were at a party where everyone was smoking it up. Not me, of course, because I'm responsible. Yes. And we decided to play Pictionary. And I had to draw, of all things, I had to draw Scooby-Doo 
as my Pictionary thing and my partner was completely blazed out of her mind and I drew my best, my very best Scooby-Doo and then as soon as I finished drawing it, everyone in the room just started cracking up. They just started <laughs> laughing their asses off and I lost the round because everyone couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> so you were bitter about this. And so I got really, really mad because I was like, we could have won and that's a really good Scooby-Doo but they all said it looked like a sick horse which made me even angrier. <laughs> but they would not stop laughing and but then I was like, but when they're sober, they would have been like way more competitive but because they're all blazed out of their mind completely toasted they're not going to take the game seriously and I feel like you're the same with Scoob you're not going to judge it fairly because you watched it while in an altered state of mind well I did watch it a second time and I did watch it completely sober no no drinks no nothing so which was both times for me so now you know how I feel (laughs) it was a different experience and I think I'll get into that later on in the show but I look forward to it yeah I look forward to it. I, for actually, you, Kieran, I did it. I'm actually really interested to see how your your opinion on it differs or if it stays the same. Can I just say one thing? It was a way shorter movie than I remember it being. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> that movie, like, you know, when, when you're in that it's mind state. It's an hour state. 30, so it's already pretty short. Yeah. It's 90 minutes, so... Yeah. But I broke it over two days. <laughs> I broke it up over two days most recently because I was like, I can't do this in one sitting. I don't know. When I'm in that mind, when I'm in that sort of state of mind, if anyone knows where I'm going with this, it, time seems to take a lot longer than usual. So that movie felt like a like a two An hour, epic. yeah, two hour forty minute epic. But nice that it was short. I suppose so. Uh, we're not really like holding our cards close to our chest. I, I'll, you know, I'll really talk about how I feel about the movie once we've gone through how we did predicting yes. it. And I'm not feeling particularly happy this episode, <laughs> having listened back to both of our plot predictions, because I well, I suppose the points will speak for themselves. Matty D, would you care to explain the point Absolutely. system before we get into breaking down what each other said? Absolutely. So here's the game, ladies and gentlemen. If Kieran says something that happens in the movie that there was no promotional material um, covering, yeah, yeah, there was nothing in the trailer, if there was no insight into that, then he gets two Scooby Snacks. Oh, mm-hmm. And if he calls something, but he saw it in the trailer, he had kind of help. He saw it in the promotional material. He saw it in the cast list, maybe. He gets one, one pickle. Scooby, one Scooby snack. One pickle? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Well, why not? We can give you a pickle, sure. Mm. You can have one pickle. And if he kind of has something that's sort of on the right track, it's not quite right, but yeah. there's enough elements there to kind of justify some kind of point, then he gets half a yeah, that's sandwich. Right. I don't know what half So if a- I saw something in the promotional material, if I watched something in the trailer and then extrapolated it into my plot but didn't do it in a, in a way that was 100% correct, that's only worth half a point. Yeah. Everyone should be well familiar with our point yeah. system by now. And if you guess something that did not appear in the movie, like, I don't know, maybe a framing device or something like that, <laughs> then you get diddly squat. I'm not happy. Happy. <laughs> I am not happy. Let's get into it. Now, I actually went first, but yes, before we uh, break down what I said, one thing that I think is important to point out straight away is we called DD Skies DD Sykes in that original episode. Yep. Have no idea why. I guess because Skies isn't a real surname and Sykes is. But yeah, so we got her name completely wrong. Well, I got her name completely wrong. I don't think you ever actually said her name in your plot, so uh, it's my bad, so I have to apologise to poor DD. To poor DD, right. Well, it was a character we weren't too familiar with, so... No. Yeah, no. Well, she was from Captain Caveman and she was one of three cavettes. I don't know what you'd call them. Was that where she was from? Yeah, that's right. Right. But didn't have any, like, relationship with Captain Caveman, which was... In this movie. Confusing. No, they completely changed our origin in this movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get into what right. I said. I'm not happy. Let's uh, let's rip this Band-Aid off, Kieran. So you, you're not happy, right? No. <laughs> All right, well, let's start. Listening back to the episode after watching the movie a second time, I was like, oh, Jesus. Kieran's movie opens with... Let's let's just, like, brace ourselves here. <sighs> with Shaggy and Scooby watching their own movie... Yeah, going to the cinema, just like Angela Anaconda at the start of the Digimon movie. Mind you, all this was in the trailer, so that led me to believe that it was going to actually appear in the movie. You said it was a stupid idea, <laughs> and they weren't going to do it in the movie, and of course you were right. I We had a big argument on the show about that. You were convinced. I was trying to tell you that you know it was only used for the trailer, for a promotional material for the trailer, but you were convinced that the, this movie would be set up, that Shaggy and Scooby would be watching their own movie and sort of commenting all the way through as the movie progressed. Yeah, that's right. And did that happen, Kieran? Not at all. <laughs> I'm not happy. So no points there. I laughed and laughed and laughed when I listened back to that episode. Mm. Oh, dear. But after the framing device. Yep, that happened in the movie. Yeah. That, ha- that definitely happened in the movie. I can't remember. Did it happen in the movie or did it not? Um, we, open- Shut <laughs> we-, <laughs> we open in a beach and we're introduced to Scoob as a puppy. Uh, who's being chased by a police officer. Congratulations Mm -hmm. for identifying the fact that it was a police officer. (laughs) Uh, He meets Shaggy, who shares 
a sandwich with him. Shaggy shares his sandwich with him. Yep. And, you know, this is all stuff we saw in the trailer, so I'm giving you a point for that straight off the bat. Now, interestingly enough, something that we said in that original episode, this wasn't during our plot predictions, but we still brought it up anyway. As a part of discussing Shaggy's character, or Orville, Orville uh, what's his surname? Rogers. Rogers, that's it. Orville Rogers. We said that one of his character traits is that he's a vegetarian. Yes, However, and he wasn't. in this movie, it's one of the only Scooby-Doo movies I've seen where Shaggy isn't a vegetarian. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? They didn't even get that aspect of the <laughs> character right at all. Yeah, they, Scoop brings a huge piece of meat. Um, oh, of Euros or yeah, whatever it's yeah. called. And, and, they, and they share that together. And that On almost sandwich. Com- that completes his sandwich, which is kind of disrespectful in a way to the character. Yeah, because that was what the original voice actor, Casey Kasem, brought to the character. And that's been a part of the Shaggy character for, geez, over 50 mm. years. And I kind of like- But the in fa- this movie, they're like, fuck that. We're just going to do whatever we want with the character. Yeah, and I kind of always like the fact that, yeah, he's greedy and he eats everything. But like- Not meat. He has his, you know, he has his boundaries, you know? Sure, okay. So- that's, a, that's a character trait you really like. I, I do, I do. I, I like, you it's because it reminds you of you. Yeah, exactly. you're Shaggy. <laughs> I'm Shaggy. And I'm Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to protect Scoob in your plot- from the officer, Shaggy pretends that Scoob is his dog and says his name is Scoob after looking at some Scooby well, snacks. Scooby Dooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo, yeah. Well, if he has a middle name, <laughs> he's not liable for any crime. Yeah, exactly. Apparently. Uh, one point, again, we see that in the trailer. My next point I saw here was the sandwich was not vegetarian. I felt yep. I steered you down that. But we, we, we said it. This was always something in the Scooby Doo movie. Absolutely. But, you know, I guess they went in a different direction. In your plot, they have a montage of Shaggy and Scooby hanging out. Now, this doesn't quite happen. I give you half a point because there is a montage of the gang yeah, that's hanging right. out and doing things. And we do see Scoob and Shaggy hanging out. But, but not in a montage. Not in yeah. a montage. I but- cover the same thing in your plot because you said the same thing. <laughs> Uh, and there is a scene, of course, where Shaggy's giving Scoob his iconic collar, and yep. this is something we see in the trailer, and something we couldn't get over how lame it was. Yes, and it was just as episode. lame in the movie. Let me just point that out. <laughs> and by the way, we thought that the voice acting sounded off in the trailers. <laughs> oh boy, in the actual movie, does the voice acting sound off? Yeah, they, they- Scooby-Doo, even though Frank Welker has been voicing Scooby-Doo for a very long time, Scooby-Doo just didn't sound right in this movie. Maybe because Frank Welker's old, he's getting on in the years. But Shaggy, Shaggy oh boy. was the one that really was not right. Who was Shaggy again? It was good old McGruber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't think of the actor's name. Will Forte. Will, guy, yeah. Will Forte, that was his name. But yeah, Will Forte could not nail Shaggy's voice at all. He's just like, being Will Forte. He just sounded southern for most of the movies. <laughs> like, come on, Scoob. <laughs> Let's go get a hot dog. Like, that still sounded more like Shaggy than Will Forte. <laughs> You've got to be worse. You've got to be impersonating him. Hey, Scoob. Yeehaw, I'm from the south now for some reason. It was just Will Forte doing like a whisper voice, like a, a, yeah. a softer voice. Which is weird. He's usually good in, in what yeah. he does. Anyway. So the voice acting was not good in this movie. Anyway. Scoob and Shag meet the rest of the gang in Halloween. One point. We see that in mm-hmm. the trailer. We knew it in the Yeah, Michael Myers material. is there. <laughs> yes. And of course, wait, what does the movie start with? Uh, a framing device where they're no, watching no, the no, movie? No, no, no. In the actual movie, oh, what does it start with? A framing device where they're watching... Sorry. Uh, the actual movie starts with... A flashback to when the main characters are children. Yes, that's right. <laughs> As all movies do. <laughs> Damn it, we should have saw it coming. This is before we knew this. Like, But this was like one of the movies that established that formula. Are you saying that Scoob is the trendsetter here? No, it's not. All the other movies are basing it on Scoob. It happened in Captain Marvel, our first ever podcast. So, And we didn't predict that it would happen in that movie. So that set the precedent. Right. It also happened in Us, which was like our third ever podcast. It also happened in Hellboy, our second ever oh, podcast. Oh, wow, this no, is a long Shazam. thing. Shazam. Does, no, Shazam has a flashback to it does. Billy Batson as a, yes, as a younger child as well. So in fact... Yeah, our first Most four of episodes, our movies, yeah. Our first four episodes had flashbacks to the main character as a child. So it's wow. just, we have to start every movie this way. <laughs> you should know this by now, audience, but every movie starts with a flashback with the main character as a child. How did and it, it happen in this one? How did it take us this long to work that out? I have no idea. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Anyway. It was really Shang-Chi. I know you haven't seen it yet, but yes. it was really Shang-Chi that cemented that for me because I'm just like, why do we need this in every movie? We don't need this in every movie. Just have the, the character established and you don't need to know every aspect um, of their background. I have watched Shang-Chi, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I did see that. Okay, there you go. Well, 90, 90% of that movie is flashbacks. So, of course, you're going to see a lot of people younger. Anyway, back to Scooby-Doo. Back to your plot. So, you discussed that Shag and Scoob are fans of Dynamite and the Blue Falcon. Yep. Uh, heroes that exist in this universe. No, I think you'll find it's the Blue Falcone. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right? I've yeah. Heard it, I've heard it's well, the Blue Falcone. That's, uh, that's, that's the Italian variation of, of <laughs> okay. that. 
listen to our Batman episode if mm. you want to get that. Please little, do. It's that, better than this that one. That funny little gag, the funny little shot at my character. <laughs> so yeah, these are these are heroes. The Blue yeah. Falcon and Dynamite are heroes in the universe. We knew this already. Shag and Scoob dress like them because they're uh, you know they idolize yep. these guys. It's a kink they and have. And this is accurate, but we see it all in. That's <laughs> a kink. Yeah, exactly. So like, can I dress move you on. up as Dynamite? And Scoob's yeah. like, no, no, <laughs> fucking, fucking move on, dress it up. <laughs> all right. And anyway, yeah, we we get uh, we get that in the in the movie just as you called it, but we saw it in the trailer. Yeah. Now. They go to a house and find out that the the house is actually haunted and has a real ghost in it. Not mm-hmm. quite. They already know that this the house particular, is haunted. Yeah, yeah. They knew it beforehand, and this is with the gang as well. They they capture the ghost in typical Scooby Doo fashion. A typical Scooby Doo ending. I don't think he was ghosting because of property value. No, he was stealing TVs yeah. or electronics and just hiding them in an abandoned house. Yeah, which which was his house for some reason. Yeah, which makes less sense than what you thought. But anyway, uh, I give you a point anyway because that, like, the fact that that whole sequence happens is is accurate. Yeah, just, and it was in the trailer, and so. it was in the trailer exactly. And he says his iconic line that gets cut off. Another point. Yeah, for when you. the police shut the door on his face, mm-hmm. and his name was Mister Rigby instead of Old Man Jenkins, <laughs> but close enough, I say. And he wasn't too old either. No, he's a well, young he, guy. he was he was white around the temples, so oh, okay. old enough. He's like middle aged. But then again, so am I. <laughs> So we jump forward in time in your plot and in the movie. Now, you thought the gang would be solving a case and that they would capture, and I need to say this word very slowly of remembering it from uh, last episode. Have well, to- I cut it out of the last episode, <laughs> yeah, so well, nobody has to remember. No one, no one will ever know. Good. And I think that's for the best, but they capture the space kook. kook. Yes. We're not offending any (laughs) minority groups here. Now, I'll give you half a point because that actually happens in the montage. Now, there's a montage in the movie between when they are kids and when they grow up. And I actually really liked this montage, by the way. Well, it was actually just a direct remake of the original opening titles. Yes, but in an- From Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah, in an animated, in the the animated style that they have. Yeah, that's right. Which is really cool. Which is better than anything else in the movie, to be honest. It was really cool to see that throwback. Imagine if the rest of the movie was like, you know, an actual Scooby-Doo movie or an actual Scooby-Doo plot mm. instead of what they gave us. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you half a point for that. Now, in the movie, what it actually is the case is that they're they're not solving a case per se, but what they're doing is they're just hanging out in a diner, questioning what their next move as a business yeah. should be. So I'll give you half, yeah, I'll give you half a point for that. Now, it sounds more exciting for them to be cracking a case rather than discussing what their, yes. what their next moves are, you know, what they're gonna how they're gonna promote Mystery Incorporated. But you know, anyway. You said that Scoob and Shag will have a falling out with the group over something trivial. Yep. Absolutely right. You even suggested- they did that exact thing in the 2000, (laughs) what was it, 2001? Maybe it was 2002 live action Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. So I was like, they got to do it here. You even suggested that it might be due to them pulling their own, not being- Shagging and Scooby, that is. They might be not pulling their own weight. You sort of said maybe they screw up a, you know- A a, A case. A case. Maybe they're just being lazy. Maybe they're being useless. And that was pretty much what it was. The the money. Movie, yeah. So much so that I give you two points for that because congratulations. Now we never would have known that mm. you know it was actually because of Simon Cowell <laughs> of all people who who put that who pre- presented that idea on Scoob and Shag. No, I had a real problem with Simon Cowell being in this movie when I first watched it because I was just like Simon Cowell, like he hasn't been relevant since two thousand and four. Yeah, it's like watching Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Because wasn't Simon Cowell in that as well? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not a, It's not an up-to-date like reference. However, however, in doing my research, I found out that Simon Cowell is the judge of America's Got Talent currently in the US. Yeah, yeah. So, for US children, he is a topical reference. Is he, though? I... So, for us, for like UK audiences and Australian audiences, he's really a dated reference. However, he's only been recently introduced to American audiences within like the last five years. So, to oh. them... He's like a, a current TV right, figure, right. which we, is why it was confusing to us, but to um, American children, who this is obviously geared towards, mm. it's a it's a topical reference for them. Because we, we get that show. We get that yeah. show that Simon Cowell's on, but I just- But we also know from, him, yeah. from history that he was on Pop Idol in 2001, he yeah. was on the UK X Factor in 2004, and he was on- But again, Shrek was geared to American audiences. Yeah, that's true. But the people who are watching Shrek in 2001 <laughs> are watching Scooby. Are watching Scoob in 2020. Definitely, definitely. Either way, two points for that. With the with the exception of the Simon Cowell thing. Now, in the actual movie, you know, there was no reason for Simon Cowell to be in the movie in, either. In the actual movie, Simon Cowell is like their agent. He's the only celebrity they could get. <laughs> Fred is like, let's go see if Simon Cowell can make our business better. And Simon Cowell's like, look, you got to cut the weak links out, which is Scoob and Shag. Scoob and Shag are just like. 
we're going to take offense to this and we're going to leave. Yeah. And that's the, exactly what I predicted. The rest of the gang, Fred, Velma, and uh, Daphne, didn't really say or do anything to deserve no. that. No. Which As is what you predicted. A, a trait that they continue through the rest of the movie <laughs> of not saying or doing anything. <laughs> of importance. Yes. Um, so you actually said something which I'm giving you two points for, which is Velma, Daphne, and Fred, the rest of the gang, they take the mystery machine, which is true. That's true. Scoob and Chag leave and they don't get that machine. Because Fred that's... has the pink slip, apparently. <laughs> I think that was an accurate But thing in the thought. 2002 movie, Scooby and Shaggy actually take the mystery machine. It's their van. Because they own the van. That's, that's what right. they bring to the table. That's right. They have the stoner van. Yes, that's right. <laughs> now, in your plot, Scooby and Shag at this point go to a bowling alley to blow off some steam. They're attacked by robots. Now, you're totally right with this transition. Yep. In, uh, the, the one thing in the whole <laughs> fucking movie that I think I nailed. You nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. The, ki- the robots you describe start being cute and they turn into sort of fearsome scary scary robots and you also said they would come out of the ball return slot so i can't give you two points exactly but i give you a series of four one points because it's all true but we saw it in the trailer okay fair enough they escape down the shoot in the alleyway which is true that's exactly what happens in the bowling alley yeah that's right. So they go from the bowling alley to the alleyway. No, I'm saying that they go to, you know, where the, the pins fall Yeah, in? that's right. Yeah, they go you to said an alleyway, but it's not an alleyway. Down it's... the bowling alleyway. Yeah, there you go. And they go into a back alleyway. Yeah, that's right. Just to confuse everybody. But that's true. That happens in the movie. And just as they're about to be captured, they're beamed up by a UFO. One point we see it in the trailer. There's a lot in that trailer. My God. Yeah. They learn that they are on the Blue Falcon's ship, the Falcon Fury, mm-hmm. and are introduced to DD. Blue Falcon makes a grand entrance. Blue Falcon dabs. He does. Mm-hmm. And Scoob and Chag are in awe. Sort of. I give you They've two- got love hearts in their eyes. Yeah, I give you two points. I give you two points. Now, the reason I, I say sort of is because they are less impressed with Blue Falcon once they find out that it's not the real Blue Falcon. Yeah, but when he's introduced, which is the moment I was talking about in yeah. my prediction. Well, I gave you two points for it, Kieran. Okay, I'm still happy. <laughs> but I just want to point out they are in awe because in the actual sure. movie, they are like hugging each other and have stars in their eyes or literally love hearts coming yeah. out of their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, but you call this whole transition. Because it's a kink for them. <laughs> it's a kink. Uh, pretty much from the bowling alley to here, you just called the entire thing completely accurately. Now, you mm-hmm. said that Blue Falcon would be an egomaniac. I mean, that is true. Yeah. Uh, I give you half a point because I think he's more... Yeah, we. I get more into what his character's yeah. like, so I suppose we'll cover it later on. Yeah, he's he's more but like... it's not accurate to how it is in no, the movie. No, he's not, he's not like a jerk. He's He means well, but he's just a little ignorant and um, yes, that's not right. confident in trying to present that in a bravado. Now, in your plot, they recruit Scoob, since they know Scooby-Doo from his reputation, and and Shag to help them track down Dick Dastardly. Yep, that's right. Because Dick Dastardly has Captain Caveman captured. So they've heard about Mystery Inc. And they're like, you know what? We're going to get these guys to help us find Captain Caveman. And we found Scooby and Shag, so they're going to be the brains that are going to help us. Yeah, that's right. Couldn't find the rest of the gang. (laughs) Yeah, well, none of this happens in the movie. None of it happens in the movie. Now, The actual reason that they kidnapped... uh, Well, they didn't kidnap them. The reason that they rescued Scooby and Shaggy is because... Okay, you go into it? I'll go into it in a a second, but I just want to say that I'll give you half a point for that. And you might be thinking, well, why? No, that's completely fine. Why are they giving me, why is he giving me half a point? Well, it's because they are trying to stop Dick Dastardly, but what the plan is is actually Dick Dastardly is trying to steal dog skulls. (laughs) That's right. And he needs Scooby Doo for the ritual to unlock the the gates to the underworld. That's right. That's right. Yeah, now your idea was uh, Dick Dastardly was going to capture all the dogs because you heard about the dog apocalypse, and I think you were yeah, trying to right. fit this into the plot. I thought he was going to get five dogs to make a pentagram. A pentagram, yeah, to summon Cerberus. I give you half a point because, again... Now, the one reason that I said this, and this is something that speaks to the promotional material, they said in the original plot synopsis that Dick Dastardly has been kidnapping dogs in attempt to summon the dog apocalypse, which is not something that happens in the movie. <laughs> he only kidnaps one dog, and that's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess if you if you count the the dog's skulls, yeah, I, 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 they didn't mention that. They didn't mention. They said specifically that Dick Dastley had no, been kidnapping no. dogs, which is the only reason I worked it into my plot. It could have been a rewrite, which I think this film probably had a few of. Yeah, maybe. But yes, yes, uh, I give you half a point though for that for calling that because they are trying to summon Cerberus, but it's through Scooby Doo, the ritual of Scooby Doo. That's right. So you know, sort of on the right track there. They get attacked in your plot at this point by Dick Dastardly and Dick Dastardly's ship. So they're flying around in the Falcon Fury. All of a sudden, Dick Dastardly's ship's coming. Yeah, it's like a Star Wars dogfight. Yeah, yeah. That scene kind of happens in the sort of yeah. We see it in the in the trailer. So I'll give you a point. Back with Fred, Daphne, and Velma, they go to uh, the bowling alley and they see that the robots are all now cute and harmless. 
and yep. they question the bowling alley employee. The well, the robots aren't actually there in the, in the real movie no, at this not. point. Which they were in the trailer. Yeah, that's right. Which is so confusing. It's just creative editing there. But they yeah. do speak to the bowling alley attendant. They do, they do. So you get points for that. They do, and that was in the trailer. We saw that in the trailer. Uh, but then they, yeah, it was. And the employee makes them feel bad. Now Velma finds a robot, uh, which is the case, and it's the case mm-hmm. in the in the movie as well. And looks through it and fi- uh, looks through it in the mystery machine and finds Dick Dastardly's mustache hair. Yep. Uh, and finds information about his last location. So yeah, definitely found it inside the robot, right? Uh, yeah. Well, the robot was all like opened up, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So and the mustache hair was uh, attached. Yeah. To it. No, it wasn't found on the floor. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that was really clear in the trailer too. When I yes. saw that, when I rewatched the trailer, I was like, oh, jeez, why did I say that? Anyway. Anyway, this is all true. It's all in the trailer, though. Yes. So I give you a point. It's a point that I won't get, but I'll yes. give you a point. Now, you said that there there is going to be some character building on the Falcon Fury. Scoob will dress up in the Falcon suit, and it will be played yeah. as embarrassment. Not really. But really, it's the third act breakup. This does happen, so I'll give you half a point. They find out that the Blue Falcon is actually a jerk and not heroic at all. He's not a jerk, but I give you two points because they find out he's not heroic and they're kind of let down yeah. by this. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's true. Fair and enough. there was nothing in the promotional material. I mean, you could kind of guess that, but there was nothing in the pr- promotional material that sort of stated that out, right? No. So the uninteresting members of Mystery Inc., <laughs> Fred, Daphne, yes. and Velma, get pulled over by a police car, but it's actually robots, and they yes. are captured and taken to Dick Dastardly's carnival, which yeah. does kind of happen kind of happen. in this movie. Which it's is- actually Dick Dastardly and not robots. Well, that's the funny thing. It's actually Dick Dastardly disguised as- uh, A sexy th- police officer. That flirts with Fred. So I'll give yes. you half a point because that's pretty, pretty darn close. So I was convinced when I watched the movie for the first time that the sexy police officer was going to turn into a robot. I was so convinced. I'm like, I'm going to get points. But then when it turned out it was Dick Dastardly, I was like, eh, close enough. Yeah. yeah, pretty close. So half a point for that. Now, in your plot, they all get imprisoned with Captain Caveman. In the actual movie, Captain Caveman is just some scene that they have for no, for no reason. reason. Uh, well, what actually happens is the is Scoob and Shag and... Well, Captain Caveman has one of the skulls. Yes, that's right. So it's a very long bow to get work him into the plot. Yeah, yeah. So Scoob and Shag and Blue Falcon and his gang go to find the, the, the skull before Dick Dastardly and they have to defeat Captain Caveman to take his skull. Yeah, that's, that's right. what happens in the movie. In your... Slag Hoople, I think you mean. <laughs> yes, that's right. In your plot, uh, you know, they get imprisoned with Captain Caveman. So Shag and Scoob use social media to track their other friends down and they're attacked by robots in the process. Uh, Dastardly swoops in on his ship. Blue Falcon appears, but Blue Falcon is actually a twist. The bad guy. Very bold. Very bold, Kieran, because Captain Falcon is... Uh, Blue Falcon. Blue Falcon, sorry. Is traditionally a hero, a beloved hero. So it was a very bold claim to make him the bad guy. I like that you took a risk, but it doesn't actually happen in the movie. If anything, the Blue Falcon is just more cowardly than he is Yeah, that's right. And it's his journey to become a real hero by the end of it. Trying to fill in his dad's shoes. Big shoes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that wasn't right at all what <laughs> no, I predicted. No, it wasn't at all. But he was a villain. And it uh, was, I had an elaborate plan <laughs> where he was like working with Dick Dastardly to up his own like stats I, well, as a superhero. I, I, I get into it. Yeah. So he did it all for fame. And he was he was paying Dick Dastardly to kidnap all the other superheroes. So essentially it was just him left. He had no competition. Well, if he rescues all the other superheroes, that makes him look like the best superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So Blue Falcon. Am I writing a better plot than the actual movie gave us? <laughs> so in, in your plot, the Blue Falcon's motivation was he wanted to send both groups of Mystery Inc. He wanted to split them up firstly, and he wanted to separate them and send them both on a wild goose chase individually. This yep. would prevent them from finding the truth and also allow him to save face. So if he was helping Shag and Scoob, it looks like I he figured was- that the Scooby Gang only works when they're all together as a team, and that's what they have to realize in the movie. <laughs> they, they didn't really, did they? No, there was no lesson like that at all. Oh, in a way there was. Yeah, there in was, a very loose way. There was a uh, Fred, Velma and Daphne were like, oh, it's not the same without Scoob because we get hungry. We don't, yes. know, we don't know how to without feed ourselves. Scoob <laughs> and Shaggy to feed us. We just miss lunch. <laughs> Great. Great input there, guys. You're just driving along the highways. You could stop off at all these places, but no. We just take for granted that it's Shaggy and Scooby who let us know when to eat. <laughs> And then they just bicker, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened that's, in the actual movie. That's, that's such a bad message. And there was a scene where they're just looking at their phones. Oh, and of course they said that they're the heart of the team. I mean, yeah. that's what I thought the empath was, but boy, was I wrong. The heart was Scoob and Shag, because they said Daphne was the empath, but I think that means she's the people person. Yeah, I guess so. In your plot, Scoob and Shag find their courage and take down Blue Falcon with the help of Dee Dee 
uh, and Dynamut, who are more useful than Blue Falcon gave them credit for. Two points. If you replace this with Cerberus, this exactly happens. Yeah, fair uh, enough. I thought it was worth more points than giving you half a point because this exactly played out. So I give you two points for that, even though it wasn't, you know, the Blue Falcon element wasn't there. Also, yeah. in your plot, uh, Blue Falcon puts down Didi and Dynamite pretty much all the time. It doesn't happen at all in the no, movie. They, they all, put him down. They kind of just roll their eyes at him and just kind of think he's useless. In your plot, you thought that he would be just like demeaning them and then they would show him how valuable they were yeah, in this point. Which in the movie. doesn't really happen. No, it doesn't. In fact, it's completely reversed. It is. In the actual yeah, movie. It is, it is. Fred, Velma, and Daphne free Captain Caveman and fight Dick Dastardly. Uh, one point. I mean, that they kind of fight Dick Dastardly and Captain Caveman's not involved though. No, no, it's not. I, I want to give you more than half a point for that because like there's elements of that that is more true than not. I mean, they sure. they get together, they fight Dick Dastardly. They you know, but ir- Captain Caveman is the big clincher there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Captain Caveman. We'll just ignore that. He's not there, but the the rest of the gang are. This is the end of your plot. Dee Dee offers Scoob and Shag a place on the Falcon Fury, but they decide to stay with their friends. There's no offer like that. Uh, Blue Falcon offers for Scoob to join them on the well, uh, Falcon Fury. Does that happen at the end, though? It doesn't happen at the end. It does happen earlier in the movie, though. In any, in any case, I give you half a point because okay, that, that's fair enough. that message is sort of in the movie itself because yeah. they do decide to stay with their friends for the, you know... For the long haul, For yeah. the long haul. So, you know, it's it's yeah, kind of on the right track, but there's, that, there's not really that ultimatum at the end. And as you said, that does sort of get suggested, you know, earlier on in the movie. And that your last piece, uh, or the last thing you sort of say about this movie is that they're going to go off and solve other mysteries, which I give you two points for because yeah. they do. They go off to solve the mystery of a ghost-run fishing trawler. Yeah, and exactly. It's one of, you know, one of the rare times you get two points there. So okay. uh, with that, you had 32 points. 32 points. Uh, a valiant effort. Not I, your worst. Not my worst. Not my best not by a best. long shot. But yeah, given th- how terrible my plot was, I'm actually not too uh, ashamed <laughs> of that at all. But I'm still pretty pissed off. You called a lot I, of- I could have done better. Yeah, you called a lot of things in the trailer, but that's mainly it. Yes. If it was in the trailer, yep, I was very confident about it. But I did say at the end of my prediction, I said, I am not confident with this plot at all. If I get one thing, even if it is something from the trailer, I'll be happy. And look at me. I've got a forced (laughs) smile on my face. And now I'm going to have to say how well or how poorly you did because you had a very different plot to me. Yeah. We both had very different plots in this uh, movie and whether it paid off for you, I suppose we'll find out right now because I don't think you did any better than me, to be honest. Listening back to your plot, I was like, oh boy, neither of us really knew what was going to happen in this thing. I had a different idea in my head of what they were going to do. I kind of thought they were going to be more ambitious with the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe that they were pitching. Oh, yeah. So I was like, Top Cat's going to be in it, Huckleberry Hound's going to be in it. Oh, just wait. Oh, boy. So you said that the movie will start with a flashback. So I give you a point straight away for that because there's no framing device <laughs> and it does start with a flashback. You said that Scooby-Doo is rummaging around in a back alley before bumping into a dog catcher <laughs> who he instantly annoys. No. So unrelated to him being a dog and it being a dog catcher, he's just like, this guy's annoying. I want to capture him. <laughs> now that doesn't happen at all. Nothing like that happens in the no. movie. Now you said that the dog catcher is from Yankee Doodle Dandy, which is a 1961 short, and I was like, "Oh, interesting. Let me look this up." There is no short <laughs> called Yankee Doodle Dandy. There's in not? fact, in fact, there's a musical from the 40s called Yankee Doodle Dandy, starring Jimmy Cagney. However, there's no dog catcher in that movie. But I think doing my research, I did, yeah. uh, I did a like research on 1961 Hanna Barbera shorts. Oh, did you? I think you're quite possibly talking about the 1961 Yogi Bear spin-off show. Yaki Doodle, which is about a duck. Oh, okay. However, there is no dog catcher in that show. (laughs) As far as I know, as far as I saw from my research. I think I tried to find where there was a dog catcher in a previous short somewhere, and I must have thought that... So, from all that effort you did, so you probably did like three seconds of Googling, (laughs) you get zero points. How'd you know my research? (laughs) I did the same research and nothing came up. (laughs) So, Yaki Doodle is the closest thing to Yankee Doodle Dandy. Okay. And so, yeah, you're completely wrong and there was no point talking about that because it wasn't even a fucking dog catcher in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, you had a shirt that said police on it. Yes, quite clearly in the trailer. And at this point in your plot, you very begrudgingly and you're like, whatever, (laughs) it might be a policeman. So you said during the chase, <laughs> they'll bump into Top Cat in this alleyway. What this a great impression. This doesn't happen at all. No. You said that the dog catcher, or it could be a policeman, <laughs> pursues Scooby to a beach and there Scoob runs into Shaggy. That's the first thing that you said that actually happens in the movie, aside from it being a flashback. So I give you a point for that. And you said that Scooby and Shaggy bond over food. 
give you a point for that, because they also bond over being lonely losers. Yeah, I also said that they scare each other. They bond over being scared, which at the start- Actually, they I startled. said you mentioned that they bond over being scared of everything, but that doesn't really happen. No. I mean, they do scare each other, but they don't really bond over no, being I like, guess are so. you a pussy? Because <laughs> <laughs> I am. Let's share this sandwich. Yes. You said that the police officer slash dog catcher approaches the duo and Shaggy lies and tells the man that Scooby is his dog. I give you a point for that because, of course, it was in the trailer. I knew it. And just like me, you said that we have a montage of Scooby and Shaggy hanging out. This doesn't actually happen, as you've already said during my plot. I don't know why we don't have that. I guess because there's enough montages in the movie already. You said that we'll have a heartwarming scene, the bit that probably made Matty D cry when he was stoned off his tits, (laughs) where Shaggy gives Scoob his iconic colour and Scoob says, I love it. (laughs) I give you a point for that because of course that happens in the movie. We knew that. That was the one thing that we couldn't fucking shut up about (laughs) in that original episode. We said that Shaggy introduces Scooby to his idol, the Blue Falcone, and we see several posters of Blue Falcon in Shaggy's bedroom. I give you a point for that because we do see that in the trailer. That's true. You were paying attention so closely to what was in the background in Shaggy's room, (laughs) but you couldn't pay attention to what was written on the police officer's shirt. (laughs) That's what I enjoy about your analysis of this trailer. (laughs) You said that for Halloween, Shaggy and Scooby decide to dress up as Blue Falcon and Dynamite. Give you a point for that because we do. do see that in the trailer. And you said that while trick-or-treating, they bump into a young Fred, Velma, and Daphne. Again, it's true. You said that the five decide to go trick-or-treating together. I give you half a point for that because that's not quite the case. What actually happens in the movie is that Fred wants to help Shaggy and Scoob get their Halloween candy back from inside a haunted house. Yes. So there was a pair of bullies who I thought were going to be way more important in the movie. A pair of bullies come riding past on skateboards and snatch Scooby's candy. And instead of taking it for themselves, they're like, enjoy this. And they throw it through the window of the haunted house. They were great. They were like healthy bullies. Yeah, that's true. They said it was going to avoid rotting your teeth, didn't they? Okay. Maybe it was uh, young Kieran and Maddie D just trying to help the kids out. You're trying to convert Shaggy to veganism or yeah, vegetarianism, vegetarianism early since he wasn't in this movie. Maybe, yeah. Maybe as a kid he, he ate meat and he grows up to That's what I thought. say no to meat. However, I still think it's insinuated that he eats meat in the rest of the movie. Even Oh, no, he does eat meat because he goes to the Blue, Blue Falcon's, Falcon's fridge. I was trying to think because there's donuts. And there was a shitload of meat there. Ah, he had like, okay. you know, Tom and Jerry style big uh, like legs of meat. And chicken right. Damn. and salami and stuff on the sandwiches. So he's definitely not a vegetarian in this movie. You said that the Scooby gang and a bunch of other kids approach the haunted house and a ghost scares everyone away except for our five heroes. That doesn't happen at all. No. You said that the Scooby gang decides to investigate the house further and wacky shenanigans ensue. There's a point there because that does happen. You said that there's a chase scene while Scooby and Shaggy find some food to eat. Now, you may think, oh, that's not quite right, but I give you a point and a half for that because there is a chase scene and Shaggy and Scooby are most concerned about securing their Halloween candy bag and hiding than they are, you know, helping out their friends, their new friends. Now, here's one of the many issues that I have with this movie. We both predicted that there'd be a moment in the movie where we see the iconic thing of, like, the Scooby gang and a ghost running back and forth in a hallway going through doors, as is the standard classic image of Scooby-Doo. That does kind of happen. It never happens in the movie. Yeah, it does. It never happens. Yeah, it does. It happens at the end where they're running around from um, from Cerberus. Do you remember? There's a scene where they're running and they're running in a chariot. Oh, yeah. That kind of happens because they end up like back and forth behind them, but it's not the same as running through the hallway through the doors as they did in every single Scooby-Doo episode from the 60s. Yeah. That's what we wanted to see, and yes. that doesn't happen. And I think that's a real huge part of the tone deafness of the uh, the filmmakers in this part because I'm actually shocked that that didn't happen in the movie, even in their montage. That didn't happen. No. And it's such an iconic thing to Scooby-Doo. It's like not having Scooby snacks in the movie. Yeah. Which it looked like they were very close to not (laughs) actually having in the movie. All right. You said that uh, almost by accident, they managed to reveal that the ghost is a regular person and he's taken away by the police. I give you a point for that because that's in the trailer. You said that Fred will say, good work, gang. Now, I actually went through and I did like find, I went through the original script. I brought up the script and did like find a phrase in the script and he does not say good work gang at all in the movie. So I couldn't give you any points for that because I was like, I swear he does say that in the movie. I went back and checked. He does not. Yeah. I didn't hear it when I rewatched the movie. You said that we'll then have a montage of mystery solving. I gave you a point for that. I gave you originally two points because you said this montage will be shown through newspaper clippings. No! That's that's something you're obsessed with saying. Like, oh, we always see montage through newspaper clippings. We don't, Matty D. When was the last time we saw that in a movie? Red Dragon, maybe? Yes. Yeah, exactly. That was back in the uh, the 2000s. So I actually took a point away. So you only get one point for the montage. Yeah. You said that the gang are called up to investigate a haunted bowling alley. Ooh, they aren't. No, the bowling alley is not haunted. I mean, it would make sense if it was. 
because the robots yeah. would have been making it look like it was haunted. I suppose so. You said that the Scooby gang arrives at the bowling alley all together as a group of five people and decide to split up. You were completely, you know, misreading the trailer in that circumstance there. So I got that, you know, the whole gang having a breakup and Scooby and Shaggy going off on their own and going to a bowling alley. So this was the aspect of the movie that I nailed. (laughs) This was not an aspect of the movie that you nailed. No. So you said that Scooby and Shaggy go off to eat food while Fred, Velma and Daphne do all the real work. Again, this doesn't happen. Happens all the way through the movie, kind of. Yeah, sort of. You said that the movie will contain a lot of dated references. I'm going to give you a bonus point for that. (laughs) For Simon fucking Cal alone. (laughs) You said that Shaggy knocks a bowling ball into the ball return slot. Now, mind you, bowling balls come out of the ball return slot. They don't go into the ball Mm. return slot. So I'm not going to give you any points for that because it's nonsense and it also doesn't happen. Yep. You said that evil robots come out of the ball return slot instead. I give you a point for that because we do see that in the trailer. You said that Scooby and Shaggy die through the bowling alley pin shoot and exit out the back while being chased by the robots. i give you a point for that because, you know, that does happen. And you guessed it as well. That's true. We do actually see this in the trailer as well. Because when I was listening back to my plan, I'm like, how did I get that so like <laughs> close to the movie? And I watched the trailer. So, yeah. I was just, oh, it was just in the trailer. I thought the same thing. I was like, good job, Karen. And then I watched yeah. the trailer. I was like, oh, okay. You said just before the two are about to be killed, they're abducted by a blue light. I'll give you a point for that as well, because of course it was in the trailer. And you said that Scooby and Shaggy appear on the Falcon Fury, where they're met by their hero, the Blue Falcon. Again, a point for that. You also said, quite like me, that the Blue Falcon is an egomaniac, but he's not a bad guy. You specifically pointed out, unlike you, Kieran, you said he's not a bad guy. He's a decent person who leaves all the real work to Diddy and Dynamut, and he's also a funny, goofy character, and the real brains are his sidekicks. That's, that's so good, I gave you two sets of two points. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good call by me. Four points in total. You said that the reason that they have abducted Scoob is because of something to do with his DNA, which is needed by Dick Dastardly for his dogpocalypse ritual. Give come on, Two come points on. for that, because you originally said that Scoob was the last of his species, but in that original episode, I corrected you and said <laughs> he's actually a Great Dane, which is not going extinct anytime soon. So you just said, oh, there's something in his DNA that connects him to the ritual. That's absolutely correct. So that's why I gave you two points. Now, in the actual movie, Scooby is the last remaining descendant of Peritus, which is Alexander the Great's dog, which is what he needs that DNA to connect him to the the ritual door. Mm. Yeah, because it opened the door to the underworld. Alexander the Great and his dog were the only people that could access the door. And it had to be both. For some reason. Had to be both of them. Yeah, Yeah, for some reason. Exactly. You said that they go to find Captain Caveman for more information. I give you half a point because they aren't actually actively looking for Captain Caveman, but they do find him. You said that they find Captain Caveman living within an icy area, which leads them on their own spin-off adventure. Oh my That's God. two points because that happens in the Wait, movie. not an icy area. Right? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. So oh. they fly through an iceberg into an area which they reveals do, do. an island which is being like frozen in time, which has its own ecosystem. Oh, yeah. So well done, Matty D. I didn't, eat, I didn't think that was right, but yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's totally right. You said that back in the bowling alley, so Fred, Daphne and Velma have been there the whole time. <laughs> what were they doing? Just hanging out, they looking just, for clues. They were just in the toilets, you know. You know. Oh, yeah? Having that a bit kind of, of uh, you know, playing Scrabble. You said that they finally noticed that Scooby and Shaggy are missing. It feels like it's been four days <laughs> since they were last there. <laughs> so I gave you half a point because they actually come to the bowling alley looking for Scooby and Shaggy because mm. they like, oh, they, there was an incident there and we know that's where Scooby and Shaggy like to hang out. Yeah. You said that the three are told by the bowling alley clerk... Clerk, like it's a fucking law, law office. You said that the three are told by the bowling alley clerk that Scooby and Shaggy were abducted. That does happen. I give you a point for that. And you said that Velma finds a mustache yeah, hair... Here we go. ...which leads them to believe that Dick Dastardly is involved. I give you a point for that as well. You said that Velma opens up a robot and uses its computer chip to track the location of Dick Dastardly. Now, that would make more sense than analysing a mustache <laughs> hair and then somehow being able to find somebody through that. But that doesn't actually happen. Now, you said that they find this mustache hair on the floor yes. in a fucking bowling alley. <laughs> yes. Of all the hairs that are on the floor, they're like, this one. Well, they're good they detectives. Had a, they had a dog in there. <laughs> they, and yet they zero in on a mustache that's, hair. That's brown hair. They're like, with well, this dark hair. Could be a pubic hair. <laughs> I just wrote no in huge capital letters <laughs> in my notes. So it is actually in the robot and that was in the trailer, but you didn't get that for some reason. You said that we see several scenes of Dick Dastardly doing nefarious things. I give you a point for that because we pretty much do, but it's Dick Dastardly. All he does is nefarious things. Mm. You said that Muttley is with Dick Dastardly oh, the whole time. man. He is not. And what a wasted opportunity that so was. So disappointed. I remember even when I watched it the first time, I was like, where's Muttley? Is Muttley going to be here? And then I thought they were suggesting that Muttley was dead. 
when they said like, oh, Muttley got trapped in the, you know, he's we, we I, I don't have Muttley anymore. He's been trapped in the underworld. I'm like, are they saying he's dead? Yeah. And so I was just like, are they really going to kill off Muttley? Like, there's just, no point having Deep Dastardly without Muttley. I was just hanging around to see Muttley in the movie and it happened so late. Yeah. And not in a substantial way either. So you said that Fred, Velma and Daphne go on a road trip where they're attacked by robots. Give you a point for that because that does happen. You said they go to an Arizona type area. Matty D, we call those places deserts. <laughs> <laughs> and also they're in California, so right. I didn't give you any points because an Arizona type area. Just say desert, please. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shaggy and Scooby and the superheroes are looking for Captain Caveman with many hijinks along the way. I give you a point for that because I already gave you points earlier for the same thing. And you said that the gag with Captain Caveman will be that he's actually very intelligent. And I give you two points for that because that's absolutely the case. Well, as Is intelligent he? as Tracy Morgan's performance allows for. Right, right. Well, in the, in the cartoon, he's kind of... A dum-dum. Yeah. But in this movie, he comes out saying like, I don't know if you can understand my complicated speech pattern. <laughs> and he's surprised that they actually know English. Yeah. So that's worth two points because he's actually way more intelligent than he is originally. That's great. So now, basically in this movie, they took any pre-established character from the Hanna-Barbera universe and said, any of their character traits, we're just going to throw them out the window and just do whatever we want in service of this movie. Mm-hmm. And did it work for them? I suppose we'll talk about we'll later. talk about it later. Now, I remember when I did this plot, I think I, I had the first bit figured out, but then the next bit, I think from here on out, I'm kind of making it up on the fly, which I think kind of shows. Yeah. But I think it may actually work out for you. Let's get into it. So you said that Captain Caveman knows all about Dick Dastardly's plan and knows where the abandoned carnival is. He doesn't. All right. No. I take back what I said about you being <laughs> like this working for you. You said that Fred, Velma and Daphne have been captured by Dick Dastardly and they're in this abandoned carnival. This doesn't happen no. at all. Uh, mind you, I said the same thing. But with Shaggy and Scooby instead of Fred, Velma and Daphne. And in the movie, none of that happens. No. You said that Shaggy and Scooby hear about this somehow. I don't know how they hear about this since it's Captain Caveman talking to... Oh, wait. No, yeah, he's talking to Shaggy and Scooby. I'm sorry, I was so lost in your plot. So, yeah, Shaggy and Scooby hear from Captain Caveman that they've been kidnapped, their friends have been kidnapped, and they decide to go to the carnival to rescue them. Give you half a point for that because they don't go to the carnival for this reason, but they do go to the carnival to find the Cerberus skulls. So, you get half a point for saying they went to the carnival. Yes, yeah, and that turns out to be a trap. Yeah, that's right. We thought the carnival was going to be the place where the, you know, main... where Dick Dastardly his HQ is. Yeah, and then the main climax of the movie would take place. Yeah, but that's, that's right. That's not the case at all. No, you said that they have a dogfight in the sky above the carnival, and Dick Dastardly gets the better of them. Doesn't really happen. Nope. You said that Dick Dastardly's minion is the space kook. He is not. <laughs> the only that would have been cool though. Yeah, that would have been great. You said that Dick Dastardly's plan is to summon Cerberus and to destroy the world via the dog apocalypse. I gave you half a point because that's not actually his plan. His real plan is to go and rescue Muttley from the treasure yeah, room no. in the... I don't know why the underworld has a treasure room. Is that, do you, When you die, do you just have to drop off your, your goods as you go through? Well, isn't it Alexander the Great's, like, all his wealth he hid there? I suppose so, but they also said it was the underworld and Cerberus guards the underworld. So yes. unless he took Cerberus from the underworld to guard his own personal treasure trove, which seems a bit weird to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just called it the underworld, but still... Uh, his plan wasn't to release Cerberus onto the world. No, but we thought that that's what his plan was. That's right. I gave you half a point because we were led down the wrong track. Yeah. You said that inside a hall of mirrors, suddenly we're back at the carnival again for some reason. Dick Dastly will try and convince Scooby to join him. It's one of those things that you always predict, but this did actually happen in this movie. (laughs) He does say, join me, Scooby. So yeah, it paid off. There you go. Your trope of saying that all the bad guys just want to recruit the good guys to their cause paid off in this one. What, what do I like? To, what do I like to say? A clock is right twice a day. Yes, that's right. Well, <laughs> clock is right all the time. A broken know, clock is right once know, a day. But yes, you said that Dick Dastardly has a machine which opens up the portal to the underworld. I give you a point and a half for that because in a flashback we are shown that he does actually have this exact machine <laughs> of all things. <laughs> It's it's so so ridiculous. You said that the machine is powered by Scooby's collar, which contains his DNA. Oh, no. no. You said that Scooby and Shaggy destroy this machine. No, they don't. No. You said that Dick Dastardly is arrested at this point. I give you two points because he is arrested at the end of the movie. Uh, Yeah, why not? And you said that the gang celebrates with a dance number. They do. They do. Two points. Captain Falcon is their DJ. That's right. And they're all dancing around like it's a 90s movie. (laughs) You said that Josie and the Pussycats or the Jetsons will be teased in the final scene. They aren't at all. 
They have some, like, still images of Hanna-Barbera characters during the closing credits, but that doesn't really count, does it? No, I don't think it does. And there there wasn't a lot of references to other Hanna-Barbera No, characters. there wasn't. No. There was plenty. You know, the fact that Blue Falcon is there, Dynamite Dog Wonder is there. Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman is there. That's I suppose that's enough, but, but not that's in like, the same way that they were sort of teasing before the movie came out. They that's were like, three different franchises. Yeah, that's Three different right. cartoons. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, they could have done more. They could have easily done more. Mm. There was a shop in the background, actually, that said Pebbles uh, Pet Shop. Right. So, I guess that's a connection to the Flintstones, but we didn't see Pebbles. No. They could have done heaps more. Anyway, we'll talk about the movie in just a sec, but let's round everything up. So, if you count everything that you got correct, you get a total of 41.5 points. Not bad. How did you get more than me? Not bad. I guess you had more elements overall. So, while I got the bowling alley scene, I was very <laughs> proud of getting the bowling alley scene. I didn't really get anything else. However, you got most of what Dick Dastley's plot was and then how they would end up defeating Dick Dastley in a loose way. And you got the Captain Caveman stuff correct as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you got way more of the plot, which is probably why you deserve to to win this competition now. I didn't have a framing device where they all went to the movies. No, but that didn't lose me points. No, that was just a stupid decision. <laughs> anyway, speaking of stupid decisions, let's talk about your thoughts on this let's, movie, Matty D. Let's Dean. do it. So, you originally said you enjoyed this movie in our episode where we talked about the best and yeah, worst of 2020. Yeah, I, I did. I, I got to say, like, at the end where... Shaggy sacrifices himself for Scoo by like for a hot second. I cried. I was like, that's, "This is during your first beautiful. viewing, right?" It's during my first viewing. I thought the jokes were funny. I was laughing my ass off. Whether it would be intentionally funny or not, I found it hilarious. But sure. Uh, but I need to base it on my second viewing, and the second viewing wasn't as good as the first. No, no, no. I think I still liked it more than you because with this movie, I thought that there were elements of this movie. Where they kind of nailed it, or close to nailed it, and nailed what? The next scene now, would just what, be what exactly bad. are they nailing? I don't know. There was like I really a Scooby Doo movie because I wouldn't say they nailed <laughs> I, making a Scooby Doo movie. I really liked the montage. I thought there were a few gags that were funny, like that whole scene where uh, Daphne was. What about when Shaggy and Scooby have those fucked up faces? You remember that bit? I couldn't imagine watching that bit stoned. Oh yeah, like when after they go through like the hyperspeed and their faces are like all really really fucked up and disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they they got these like big grins. Yeah. Like the the skulls are basically exposed. Well, look, I can't I can't remember being freaked out by that, so I must have not been too bad. Yeah, um, must have been asleep at that point because <laughs> the movie went for four hours in your stoned version. <laughs> it should make the the stoner cut. Like, mm. I like there's that scene where Daphne has the Scooby snack and she's throwing the Scooby. I thought that was funny. And, sorry, and Scooby ate both of them. Yeah, I thought that was funny. So yeah, there was there was enjoyable parts of this movie. I disagree with you. I think there was like Scoob was like I'm weak, <laughs> like he's a drug addict. <laughs> there was parts of it that I thought really did work, as in well, like call back to the original cartoon. They were few and far between, like when Fred put his ascot on. Yes, and when they did shots where they're running, uh, sort of side on. Yeah. And or their driving side on. Yeah, that's I, right. I was like, well, you know, and th- when they did stuff like that, that's when it really worked. Yeah. But when they went away from that, that's when I found it didn't work. The plot didn't make a whole lot of sense, which it doesn't have to. It's a kid's movie. I really wanted to see more Dastardly and I really wanted to see more Muttley. So I was kind of disappointed about that. I thought the, ha- the whole Captain Cable. Well, you had like a minion, which was like a, a like a vacuum cleaner head. And sure, like the vacuum cleaner head. I think the, I think his name which was- had the hots for, um, <laughs> for Daphne. <laughs> Well, that robot really wanted to fuck Daphne. <laughs> good at sucking, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, I think they called the robot Dusty. So yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I liked that. Like that was a cool character. That was fun. cool character. Well fleshed out, three dimensional <laughs> character, Dusty the Dustbuster robot, <laughs> who has no dialogue. I would have preferred if Mutley was there. You know. Yeah, of course. I would have preferred it, like the whole Captain Caveman scene just kind of seemed like a waste of time. The whole oh, it absolutely Simon was. Simon Cow thing didn't do anything for me. There was like. Bits of it were, and it was kind of like nostalgic, but then they tried to modernize it. And sometimes when they modernized it, it kind of worked. And sometimes it just just was completely just, yeah, not not there. No, yeah, it didn't work. But, you know, not absolutely terrible. I know we said this was one of the worst movies of uh, 2020. Did we? I don't think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. I can't remember. We did that show like literally a month ago, and I don't (laughs) remember. Pretty sure we discussed it as one of the worst movies of 2020. Spoilers, people. And yeah, I mean, looking at all the other movies, it probably deserves that, but. It wasn't the worst of 2020 by a long stretch of the imagination. So you still liked it in some regard. Yeah, so there were points I was just like, wow, 
Where okay, d- there was points where you liked it. Where, where, where did this movie come from? And then it was back to being kind of an average Nickelodeon almost. I know it wasn't Nickelodeon, yeah. but you know, you like those Nickelodeon movies, you know? Yeah. I like how you justified it by saying it's a kid's movie. But as we've discussed before, mm. a good movie will transcend its genre. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think this really did that, to be honest. Yeah. Also, the Blue Falcon thing was just kind of... Kind of shit. Yes, kind of shit. The whole robot thing was kind of shit. I didn't like that. Yeah. Anyway, is that is that your overall thoughts? What are your overall thoughts? Would you recommend adults watch this movie? No, no. It was pretty average. Yeah. Who would you recommend this movie to? Children? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean... Slow children? I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't recommend... I don't think I'd recommend this movie to anybody. I mean, if you have kids, you- your kids might be like distracted for a few... A few yeah. minutes, so, you know, throw that movie on, they'll like it. But, yeah, everybody else, not so much. The, the thing that I kind of, when I watched it, I was like, they kind of had the threads of a good movie, I thought, and then something's happened. I, this is, yeah. I've, got no, I've got no evidence to back this up, but I think something's happened and there's been rewrites or somebody's meddled with it or they haven't been allowed to take the chances that they wanted to do. So you can see there are points there that it's clearly written by somebody who loves the movie and loves the TV shows, right? Doesn't seem to understand the TV show. And then and then it gets sidetracked somewhere else and I, and I just kind of, it kind of makes me sad, you know? Yeah. Because it, it could have been, but I think something's happened. So that's my opinion of it. Yeah. Average. Fair enough. Average, which is... I suppose pretty damning praise on this show yeah so yeah for me obviously i haven't held any secrets during this episode but yeah for me i really didn't enjoy this movie i wouldn't again quite like maddie d i wouldn't say that it was a terrible movie it's not completely unwatchable it's not antebellum bad until i saw antebellum i thought scoob was like the pits but then i saw antebellum and it's just like scoob's not racist yeah exactly and least scoob doesn't have a terrible message uh it's doesn't have a message it has some pretty poor messages to be honest but here's the thing The thing that bothers me the most about this movie and and the real thing that turns me against the movie is that it's not a Scooby-Doo movie. It's not, it doesn't follow the plot of a standard Scooby-Doo movie and sure, bravo for them for trying something new, but you sort of have a a level of expectation as any sort of Scooby-Doo fan would going into the movie of what they're going to deliver. So you think Scooby-Doo, you think spooky things, you think like Halloween sort of vibes, Solving yes. mysteries, having yes. an actual mystery that is to be solved. And none of that is in this movie because they're really going for like a Marvel-esque superhero epic movie. Which was the, you know, which was the flavor of the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of still is, but it, yeah. That doesn't work for Scooby-Doo. No. And it doesn't lend itself to the world of Scooby-Doo at all. And like I said, well, like we said countless times in that original episode, if this was all going to be set up for a, like a Marvel-esque Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe then it fails on all counts because it doesn't set anything up. No. So we understand that Scooby is back with the... Scooby and Shaggy are back with the Scooby gang and they're going off to solve mysteries like they weren't already doing that already. Yeah. And Blue Falcon is now a hero, but who gives a shit about Blue Falcon? I don't want to <laughs> sit down and watch a fucking Blue Falcon movie. No. I don't want to see Captain Caveman in his own movie. So what have they set up? Nothing. <laughs> so it's just a very mediocre Scooby-Doo movie that doesn't follow the formula of a Scooby-Doo and movie. This was this was an opportunity to really introduce an audience to something like Blue Falcon, which I don't think there was a big audience for. No. And Captain Caveman, which there probably was a less There's of no audience. audience for, for Captain Caveman so in 2020. They really shot themselves in the foot there because that, that could have been... You know, an introduction to a brand new series. The fact that there was no mystery in this movie is the thing that really hurts it for me because we know that Dick Dastley is the bad guy. Mm. The fact that Simon Cowell was Dick Dastley the whole time, like, who cares about that? That really angered me so much. And I'm glad that they reversed that decision because... Yeah, they made it look like Dick Dastley was Simon Cowell in disguise, but no, it was Simon Cowell was Dick Dastley in disguise the whole time. Also... Equally as stupid, mind you. Wait, 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 wait. So Simon Cowell at the start of the movie was Dick Dastley? That's right, that's right. Really? Yeah, that's right. So he wanted to get Scooby and Shaggy to separate from the rest of the Scooby gang so that Scooby would be easier to kidnap, which is why he knew they would be in the bowling alley. Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, the movie was too smart for you, Matty (laughs) D. Look at that. Clearly. Gonna have to bump it up a few rankings Clearly, wow. Jeez, what a deep movie. But yeah, so another thing I noticed, I made a few notes while I was re-watching the movie. Uh I'd love to hear them. So, uh... One thing I noticed straight away that uh, Dee Dee Skies has a very lovingly rendered booty in the movie. Oh, really? Yes. And every- <laughs> you're acting like you didn't notice. No, I didn't. You didn't actually notice? So, no. Interestingly enough as well, they got when she's flying, when she's piloting the Falcon Fury, she had to like bend over and the camera would always be positioned like right behind her. So three quarters of the screen would literally just be her ass with her looking over her shoulder and her ass for that matter back at the other characters. And I'm like... Why is this happening? She is like proportioned 
with the exception of her booty, which is massive. <laughs> and because she's wearing like a skin tight outfit, which is not something that the character originally wore. So that was a choice for this movie. Uh-huh. It very much accentuated her booty. And there was a lot of shots throughout the movie where it's like, you don't see her face, but you see her ass. And I'm like, right. are they sexualizing this character? There's no reason for her to be hunched over like she's riding a motorcycle when she's yeah. piling in a ship. She could just be using a steering wheel and sitting in a chair like a normal human yeah, being. Yeah, I did notice that, uh, but I didn't notice the booty aspect to it. I'm so. always looking for booty. <laughs> Cartoon or real life, let me tell you. Sorry, sorry. Let's just break Let's just break the fourth wall here because my Siri watch just says, yeah, I didn't notice that, but... Oh fuck! Something about booty and Siri's just like, Siri's just like See, Siri's I, looking I, out for I, booty. Yeah. I think I now have like a Google search for booty now. I hope it's Dee Dee Sky's booty that my Apple Watch has looked for. Sorry, Apple, I just gave you a free plug. So the same thing happened, and a lot of people called this guy out for pointing this out. But the same thing was the case in The Incredibles too. If anyone remembers yeah, that, yeah. so there was one reviewer. I think it was the New York Times reviewer. I could be wrong. He noticed in the movie that, like, there's a lot of, like, shots in the movie that accentuate Mrs. Incredible's booty. She is elastic. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Elastigirl's booty. I suppose she is Mrs. Incredible. Yeah, she's Mrs. Incredible. Helen. Yeah. Her booty, like, she's riding motorcycles and the camera's, like, right there on the back of the motorcycle. And she's wearing the skin-tight outfit. But, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, Jesus, keep it in your pants, reviewer, man. How dare you point that out? But, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing the same thing by pointing out Dee Dee Skies. But like I said, it felt very unnecessary in did, the movie. Did you feel uncomfortable watching that? With- oh, I was not uncomfortable at all, I'll tell you that. But I just- It's an animated movie, Kieran. Yeah, but it just felt tone deaf, to be honest. Like, a right. lot of this movie, it felt very tone deaf. I'm like, it sort of feels like they're sexualizing her in the same way that they would, like, Scarlett Johansson in, a, mm. in an Avengers well, movie. maybe that's what they're going for. Well, maybe they shouldn't it's a be going for that. Commentary on Marvel. They movies. shouldn't do that in the Avengers movies either. I know they're slowly getting away from that. I mean, well, what we are you watched, talking about? They're progressive. We watched Black Widow recently and how many ass shots were in that movie? Yeah, well, you know, it's a character piece. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on from this uh, this point as well. What the hell was Muttley eating when he was trapped in the underworld? That's what I thought too. I don't know. So uh, when Dick Dustley finally gets there and rescues him, he's lying on the floor like he's dead. I'm like, yeah, no surprise that he's dead. He hasn't been eating anything. There's only treasure in there. But he was in there for months. Yeah, and he didn't have Scoob and Shack to remind him to eat. You know. No. So what was he gonna do? So I just presume that you know Muttley had starved to death. That would have been a better twist in the movie. Oh my god, <laughs> he's wow. just dead and Dick Dustley's distraught. Yeah. Then he doesn't care that the world's destroyed. It'd be great. But no. <laughs> Apparently, Muttley was just eating gold or something because he survived that whole time with no issue. Chocolate gold. Yeah. Oh, I hope mm. so. I love. Ch- oh, well, that's great for dogs. <laughs> 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 that would kill him regardless. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. Long story short, I thought the movie was, uh, wasn't particularly good. It didn't really work as any sort of movie, be it a superhero movie or a Scooby-Doo movie. It's hard to sort of see what audience it's for, too. It felt like it was pandering to mass audiences but didn't really reach anybody. Yeah, because there was a lot of modern references which would have been like, you know... Which is odd given it's a show from the 60s. Yes. And they're still having the characters as though they're from the 60s. Yes. And I said this in the original episode as well, and I'm going to say it again now. The voice actor Young Sheldon from... uh, Young Sheldon who voiced young Shaggy in the movie, did not have the same voice or accent as the older Shaggy did, no. Will Forte. That didn't matter, I think, though. It just I, goes I, to show how tone deaf they yeah, are. I, I didn't think that mattered too much. I Literally think. tone deaf if they can't hear an accent. So he just had a regular accent. <laughs> and then he developed And his then he accent. developed into his 60s-esque teenage hippie accent, the which, I mean, they, they do lampshade it in the movie. They do say that, uh, oh, it's almost like... Shaggy is a, a middle-aged man's interpretation of what a teenager in the 60s would talk like. Mm. And, and he th- is. There was a lot of those meta kind of jokes and references there, which was interesting because I was like, yeah. is this audience really for that? Will they get that? And- if anything, they should have made the movie a 60s period piece. I thought that too. That and then cool. that would have worked 100% better. Yeah, that would have been cool. Because these characters are all from the 60s. Blue Falcon, Dynamite Dog Wonder, Captain Caveman. They're all from the 60s. Just it make, it a, make it a 60s period piece and have fun with it. And I don't think they've done that before, have they? Have they made a Scooby-Doo movie? Not that I know a lot of Scooby-Doo movies. Scooby-Doo has always been modern, although the characters aren't. So that's why Scooby-Doo works less the further into the future it goes, because they refuse to update the characters. And when they do update the characters, because they have done that in the past... Oh, they did that in the 2001 movie. And they did that in the movie. That's when it kind of works, but then it just becomes more anachronistic as it goes on. Yeah. Because, like, what time period are these people from? They're yeah. not modern teenagers. 
Oh, well, I think that's all I really can say about this movie. So you wouldn't recommend it? No, I wouldn't recommend it to an adult person. I wouldn't recommend it to me. I wouldn't recommend it to you. I mean, if you like this kind of movie, sure, go ahead. But if you're listening to our show, you obviously don't like this kind of movie. What about a Scooby-Doo fan? Would you recommend it to a Scooby-Doo fan? No, because they're not going to be <laughs> They'd serviced. They'd be insulted. They're not going to be serviced by this movie because it's not a Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. That's, that's ultimately my point. So I think it just fails on uh, all fronts of any kind of filmmaking. <laughs> Unless you're stoned off your tits and just want to laugh at something yep. for so, an hour and a half. That's, I'll, I'll recommend it if you're really high. If you're really yes. high, you will have the best time with this movie because yep. I certainly did. And that includes children too. So children, <laughs> smoke it up before you watch this movie. <laughs> Got to say though, on a positive note, beautiful looking movie. Yeah, as but that's as- that's standard for CGI movies. If a, if a movie is CGI and it's going to be in the cinema, it has to reach a certain level of quality. Yeah. So it, it's nothing that I was like, wow, that really looks like real life. Well, it wasn't supposed to, but yeah. Yeah, the design was nice, I suppose. Yeah. Nothing stood out, but it was nice. Nice. You could look at it and not be offended. It's not like like a <laughs> low-budget one. That's the, that's the bottom line with this movie. Scooby-Doo. You can watch it and not be offended. Well, I was offended, <laughs> but you won't be offended by the visuals. Let's just say that. All right, let's wrap it up for another week. So, if you have any thoughts on Scooby-Doo, if you love the movie and you think we're totally wrong in our opinions, well, we're not wrong because it's our opinions, but if, our, if we're missing something here, if it, if it really hit the buttons for you, I want to know why. Did you actually love it? <laughs> yes. So, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts, or you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can just simply leave us a comment letting us know what you think on this episode's page on our Podbean site, potentialspoilers.podbean.com. Now, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting next week because we're going back to predicting a movie. Maddie D and I are going to go away and come up with our each own individual special plot. How exciting. Because next week, we're going to be predicting what's going to happen in another movie starring a CGI animated character. Oh, yeah? Not your CGI animated character, though, because we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, wow. We're doing another sequel. Yes. So, this is a movie that we covered in the past. So, we've covered Sonic the Hedgehog originally a couple of years ago, and we said we promised that we would be back to do the sequel, and the time has finally come. Yes, yes. So, if you need more potential spoilers to whet your appetite, go listen to our original Sonic episode. If you haven't already, yeah. And go listen to our Revisit Sonic episode. I think both are really good. Yes. uh, Because we're going to come back and talk all things... Sonic. The the blue burr. The blue blur. (laughs) The blue burr. The blue blur. Blur. Or the red blur. Speeding through. Yes. And this movie's going to have all the characters in it. We're going to have Dr. Eggman, Dr. Robotnik is coming back, Jim Carrey. Love it. It's good to be excited about that. We're going to have Knuckles. We're going to have Tails. Probably going to have Cream and the Naked One. (laughs) Who knows? Are they going to throw everything at this movie since the last one was a huge success? But until we return for that... We would have predicted it well if it weren't for those meddling kids. (laughs) If it weren't for those meddling trailers. Time to pay for your crimes, Dick Dastardly. Or is it? Diamond Cowl? Simon fucking Cowell! What's it being like being part of this new Scooby-Doo movie? A life ambition, if I'm being honest with you. I have watched Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. I'm now watching it again with Eric, who also loves it. So when we got the call to say, would you like to be in the Scooby-Doo movie? I think it was the quickest yes I've ever said. I'm very excited because this is how Scooby-Doo and Shaggy get to meet the other three and how the gang is formed. Because uh, I always wondered, why? Well, how did they meet? And now we're going to find out how they did meet. So I can't wait to see the whole movie.